It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast for this Sunday, Monday, as we... Recap a big college basketball weekend. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, Digital Sports Commons Center with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal, Rick Brewing from Musketeer Report, and a special guest from Barstool Sports, national college writer, college basketball writer Bobby Regan. And uh, first and foremost, Bobby, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you coming on. And um, just a couple quick observations from the weekend. Yeah, I think it was uh, definitely one of the crazier weekends, especially look at yesterday. Um, I mean, I think everybody kind of wrote off Gonzaga going undefeated in the regular season. I did when I turned them off when they were up 37-20 to 20 right. or whatever that it was. I really did. At home, too, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you had that. You had Baylor losing Iowa State. You had the, the Big Ten just continuing to be a pile of hot garbage of who wants to win this. Who wants to be the sixth seed? Exactly. Like, who? what team deserve? I mean, Purdue, I'm not sold on Purdue. Uh, I'm not sold on Maryland. I'm not sold on Wisconsin. I'm not sold on anything Big Ten related. How about Indiana? They're, they're, give, give me old Indiana. <laughs> Didn't I just tell you in the last podcast that Purdue is one of those teams that's just as inconsistent as everybody Absolutely. else? I mean, they're, they're terrible. They Mar- Maryland fell apart. Yeah. It, all of those teams are so inconsistent. I, I like all of them on a given night when they're playing their best. But there's no guarantee you're going to get that from game. No, you're, at best you get as a five seed by the winner and probably wind up with a six. Yeah, yeah, I think you get one five seed. You look last year, Indiana won the regular season. They were a five seed. I think Purdue will end up being a five seed. Wisconsin's resume doesn't have – they don't have a quality win. No, and, I mean, they lose – it wasn't an awful loss today. They lose at Michigan State, but yeah. it could have been at least a, a better win right. than, than it, was a, it was a loss. Here they come, Skinny. I know. The Spart- Here they come. Sparty, Sparty's walking up the, uh, walking up the charts. I, the four no. freshmen. I, I, I'm so sick of you, – you can't rule out his own march. Well, Middle Tennessee State can. Yeah, that's a, that's a fact. We're going to hear that, and we're going to hear Coach K. Those two storylines are going to drive us nuts all of March, and I couldn't be more pissed off about Could we it. Talk, I mean, you love Coach K. Yeah, I do. He, uh, he, had, a, he had another big win this weekend. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. No, oh, that's right. Yeah, no. No, he did not. All right, let's, uh, we'll get back to, to some stuff from the weekend national-wise, but I do want to touch, obviously, on the local teams, um, and I know you're going to chime in too, Bobby. Let's start with, uh, with UC because it, it was a heartbreaking loss because they played so so much into Central Florida's hands, so much the way they've played in so many road games, and yet they're a dunk away from, from forcing an overtime. Yeah, I mean, they tried to push tempo at times. I thought UCF did a good job getting back and forcing them into that, playing against that. Basically, it's like it's a it's a four out taco in the middle zone. I mean, it, it, it structures like a two three, but they just guard your other four guys. Your four sounds like something Taco guys. Bell's going to have, by the way, at some point. The, the taco, four, out, four out taco in the middle. Yeah, the four out taco in the middle, and he just kind of stands there from from the rim to twelve feet out and. It got in, and again, for the second time, it was clearly in Kyle Washington and Gary Clark's head. Three I mean, of 15 and one of eight. Yeah. So whatever I mean, they were terrible. Bad. They were terrible. And Troy was terrible. So we've talked about the balance of this team. Well, guess what? If Kyle Washington, Gary Clark, and Troy Copain are all bad, that's not a good recipe. That's the whole difference of this team is that they've got four or five guys that can hurt you. Now, Jaron Cumberland was fantastic, and Jacob Evans was good. They didn't get anything else from anybody. No, and, from nobody. And, Those two guys had, what, 30 of the points combined? Yeah, Troy Copain had four turnovers, which I think it's the first game with multiple turnovers in the entire that's, American that's Athletic insane. Conference season. That's insane. Yeah. They'd been through, what, how many games before today? Conference games? 15. 15 games, and I think he had, like, 16 turnovers yeah. or something like that, or 14 turnovers. It was something insane. Yeah. I will say, he does 
do a great job taking care of the ball, but he still kind of disappears in those games. Like, no yeah, doubt. He, he's got to like, make shots. He, he, it just, he, it, and that's what scares me with Cincinnati. When you look at it big, big picture, he, you can't be Troy Copain and be inconsistent, yeah. especially heading into I March. Agree. Because, you know, watching that game today, talk about that defense. Yeah, it was a 2-3, but the way they brought up the guards yeah. and, the, you know, Taylor especially was really active on the defensive side, bringing it up, pushing up the zone. They're going to see good defensive teams in the tournament. I mean, unless you're playing UCLA, you're going to see a good defensive team in the tournament. What happens in that game? Like, does Troy Calpine show up? Or does and he, he turn had- into 0 for 4 with... One turnover, great, the one turnover, but he's 0 for 4 with three points. And we're so deep into the season now. It, it is so Jekyll and Hyde for him home and road, and, and obviously you're not playing the tournament at home. Right. So um, there's not a lot not of playing it on the road either. Well, I was going to say, that's the other part. There's not a lot, a lot of neutral site stuff to go on for this year, but it is clear for whatever reason away from home, he's, he's A, reluctant to shoot, B, when he does shoot it, he doesn't shoot it with confidence, and C, he doesn't make it, and it all feeds into each other. I mean, he had three wide-open step-in great looks. looks today that he just didn't shoot with confidence at all. He, he made one early, right? It was, yeah. yeah and I th- that's what I thought. I thought, okay, if he makes that, you know, they, they got a chance to win this game. If seven he would have shot points. well, they would have won the game yeah. comfortably. Yeah. It, but even – they just look so out of sorts offensively. And the one possession that, that really rings out was late in the game uh, when they were down five and Clark just turned, turned and just threw it out of bounds. Yeah. They, 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 they had the right play design. Right. They were getting it in. They had a wide open look and they just panicked. He, just, he and freaked just, out. That's what, that's what scares me too about Cincinnati is – what happens in these tight games? Do they panic like that? Because that's a simple play. I mean, that's their first real tight loss on the on the year. Right, but again, on the road. Yeah. What happens if you're playing? Well, Wisconsin's a bad example because I'm just thinking Milwaukee's a, a a site that they'll play at where it is a, tr- a neutral court, but you're playing closer to home and it's you know seventy thirty fan right. base. A simple play like that, a Gary Clark can't. Just Agreed. panic and throw the ball. 100%. So that's something to, for me to watch going forward. Because um, like you said, it's it's the American. They don't get to play a, a ton of close games in there, which, good or bad, right. I, I, I never buy too much into it except for, well, you only have so many circumstances you can look at for for the tournament. UC went into today, if you go by bracketmatrix.com, which is obviously not the official standard, but it is at least something to look at. Um, they were the top five seed, and when you start to look at teams behind them, Notre Dame, Virginia, Minnesota were the other fives, and then the sixth seed line, SMU, which you can argue would ascend ahead of UC yeah. if they end up winning the conference and the conference tournament. I think that's probably the fair thing to do. I'm, I'm talking about sweeping both. And Creighton, um, St. Mary's, and Wisconsin are the other, other sixes. And you start looking at that, and, and it feels like you know UC loses today. It's possible they lose at UConn because it is possible. I don't think it happens, but it's certainly possible because it's, again, on the road against a pretty decent defensive team. I, I still don't see them all of a sudden falling down the board very far because there's just there's not a lot behind no. them to, it, to, to float to the top. If yeah. they would have won today, they would have been a four seed, right? They yeah, would have been because so. Purdue had dropped out of that four seed. I, I still don't think they still would have been a four seed. I think they're locked into a five or six. I think they are too. Way. See, if, I, see if, I, I, I thought if they went out the right, regular season, they would have taken over that Purdue spot. They, they were the top five on bracket matrix, which is an aggregate of obviously all the different a thousand different bracketologies. So they're mostly little five year old Jimmy Johnson who lives in Sheboygan. He's really good at this. They they really only have one more quality game left of the regular season. Like they would have had to get I think they would have had to beat SMU one more time to truly be a four seed. I I mean it's gonna be if, a top fifty. If you're looking at it just yeah. as UC's resume, like I agree with what you're saying, but the issue is 
everybody around him is losing. Yeah, like but, Purdue right, took a bad right. loss. But like then, that's yeah, going to Purdue drop them down loss. behind. But they had a chance at least get more quality. That is the exact. That is the key. They could have moved back up. But but initially for me, like if we're just ending the season today, had UC won that game after Purdue had lost, I think UC would have been in the four seed, the last four seed spot at this point. It's at least in the conversation, right? No question. Conversation, but after today, I think they're locked into a five or six seed. Yeah, no, kind of no matter what happens. Yeah, and and now I think you really have to avoid the loss at UConn to to stay out of that six seed. Yeah. I mean, because I, I think, think it's you, almost certain you're a six seed if you lose back to back. That yeah. you win at least one American tournament game. Tournament yeah. game. You can't lose the first game of that or at UConn. Probably right. And, and speaking of this, we'll put a bow on it, move on to some other stuff, but as it sits today for UC, they are the two seed. It would be They're going to need SMU to lose. SMU's not losing to Tulsa no, no, or, correct, correct. or Memphis at home. So it looks not like, happening. as of today, they play the 7-10 winner. The 7 seed, as of right this very minute as we do this, was Tulsa. Uh, there's still some fluidity there because Memphis was in overtime. Memphis um, won. Memphis did win. Yeah. So there, so then Memphis is the 3, then. Almost. Or no. No, they're the, they're the 5. 5. Correct. Um, so to be to- they'll play the Tulsa Tulane winner. So that should be a, win- a very winnable game to get you into at least the semifinals of the league tournament. You would you would then think that they could still get to the finals, but again, that's not going to rise you right. way up the list. No. At least get there and you lock yourself, like you said, into that five yeah. seed, which is where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. There's really, I mean, between a four and a five, especially in this field, there's, there's, a part, there's a part virtually that, no difference. Well, as I say, part of me would almost rather be a six because then you avoid the one. Quicker, yeah, but the three seeds the threes are, just, are really good. That's the thing. The three seeds just feel so much more dominant than. Well, and, and that's there. something I want to get to later. Yeah. When you look at these top three seed lines, Ooh. every one of those teams Ooh. can win a national championship. Mm, Butler can't. I disagree. Nah, I don't think they can win a national championship. I don't know that they can. Well, I will agree with that to this extent. I don't know that they can play six in a row at their highest right. level. Right. Because as we've talked about, they can beat anybody when they're playing well. And they've proven that. And they can lose to anybody right. when they're playing poorly, right. and they've proven that. No doubt. Because they, they, they just went out and, and – They lost knocked. to St. John's, and they, and they beat DePaul by one. Right, but they knocked down the – well, you can't win on the road. They went and won at the, yeah. at the pavilion. Right. Right. Yeah. Villanova does not lose They don't the lose. Pavilion. Right, right. Uh, let's move on to Xavier, 88-79 losers to, uh, to Butler and um, – uh, Rick, I know it feels like for Xavier fans, the sky's falling. It's five losses in a row. It hasn't happened in, what, 35 years that they've lost yeah, five? 82, yeah, 82, I believe. So yeah. it's, it's been a while. Um, that said, and, and it feels like, okay, they're going to play their way out. They're going to play their and, and they're just not. They're not even going to play their way to the first four uh, up in Dayton. I mean, they're just not. I mean, every we, loss, we, every loss people saying. are going to tell me that I'm wrong, but the I, they're like 100% in, basically, if you look at everything. Like, there's nothing that can take them out almost. Even if they lose out, it's going to be really hard. The only thing is that DePaul what, loss would be brutal. Is what we've talked about the whole time since Trayvon got hurt, which is they needed to control the narrative because it does matter. And what people are saying about you and the way they feel about you when selection time comes around does matter. And people are going to be really down on Xavier, especially after this Butler loss. You see, not that the Butler loss in itself is a big deal, but the fact that it's the fifth in the row, the fact that Trayvon had been back for a game already yeah, and he the, played the, the, well. And, and this is really the team that you're playing with in the tournament now. This is, this is, your, this guys, is your guys. These are your guys. Right. Back healthy, back playing. Right. There's no, no starts for, for Quentin Gooden under his belt. I mean, all those things should be positive. There's no way to spin it at this Correct. point. And, Correct. And so you're just going to have to, hopefully for Xavier's sake, they beat Marquette and DePaul, and then it's not even a concern at all. You're not even really worried about the narrative. You're just saying, okay, we're going to be somewhere between an 8 and a 10 seed, and we'll live. We'll, we'll play Dayton in the first round, and we'll go from there. That was a great call by you last night, by the way. What's that? The Fighting Wojas up 7 with 4 minutes left. Get to CBS I mean, Sportsnet to watch them blow Dude, it. it's, the, it's the most predictable thing <laughs> in the world. It, it's so easy. They forgot to slap the floor one last time, man. That's it, all it was. If they would have just slapped the floor, and he would have yelled a few more times. Like, I really believe if he would have shuck his little Trumpian fist a little bit harder... 
they might have. Why is it always got to be Trump? Because that's the same size <laughs> fist. Same size fists. Both to, little angry guys. To give you, to give Regs the the, the backstory here. Rick and, and Woj almost got into it last year at the Big East tournament because Rick didn't like that that he voted for. <laughs> no, I, I do want to touch on this for because I, I want to get your he perspective. Voted, he voted for uh, what, Willard. Did he vote for Willard for, for coach, coach of the, the year? Coach of the year. And Rick asked him about it in a press conference, right? And there was yeah. almost a fight. Nah. <laughs> Shouted you down. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Shoe it's off on. The 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 it's on coach, the coach of the year is the dumbest thing in the world. It is. It, it, all it's it a is terrible is, award. All it is is hey, your team didn't didn't suck as much as we thought it would. Right. That's it. Basically, yeah. That's it. Like, it's that's rarely why, about the best team. Right. But my or point the best is, job or the but, best coaching job. Right. But my thing is or when just you, who's the best coach. The award has become usually like what is kind of the storyline. You know, the, the reclamation team, project. Right, the, the team that kind of did better than expected. And Xavier was so easily that choice last year in the Big East. And not only and like don't get me wrong, I would have voted for Jay Wright, which made a lot of sense. But to find out that there were two coaches of the year that were better than Chris Mack was clearly like, these coaches do not like Chris Mack, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, so yeah. I felt like I should ask him about it because he was the one who had just lost to Chris Mack by right. 33 straight times, <laughs> and he didn't want to tell me who he voted. That's what? like my favorite thing is, is Shashetsky has never won AP Coach of the Year. Yeah, exactly. Which is ridiculous. I mean, I hate Shashetsky. No one here has ever made the claim that Shashetsky isn't awesome. Like, right. I totally agree that he's a great coach. Yeah, You it, just don't like him. Yeah, it just, it just the narrative him. around him is absurdly ridiculous. We also, we also this week or last week, um, said that there should be collusion in the Big East and that every coach should vote for John Thompson the third to be coach of the yeah. year, keep so that he can that. keep his job. Yeah. Do, vote for Dave Lachey, I'll Just mix it up back one year after another. I don't know. DePaul might be back, man. You got to watch out <laughs> yeah. for DePaul. Yeah, it might be Rick's back got a DePaul Lachey. jersey. <laughs> 2075, they'll be back. They'll, they'll get the new arena. Point. Just get the new arena. Yeah. That's, you, people forget Huge. that. There's, recruiting is going to go through the go roof through the soon. Roof. No, yeah. gonna, no, just, no question. Just all the Chicago the kids are going to stay yeah. home. Yeah. I, I do want to touch on this. Scott Phillips is going to be happy. You and I got tweeted out this week because Marquette was very – they were very proud that Coach Wojo – Achieved his 50th win. What a milestone victory it was for him. They literally. No. Unbe- How has he not been hired to Duke yet? Right, exactly. Seriously? How have they not pushed Coach Kelly out they, for they his had, 50th they had, win? They had like a placard, made, placard of some kind made that they used as, kind of, the, as kind of the Twitter art. Congratulations on career win number 50. Here's the uh, thing. I don't, when did 50 become a milestone victory, man? I don't have any reason to dislike Marquette. Like, the whole Wojo thing is what it was from last year. People like to play that up. I think it's funny, so I go along with it. I don't have any reason to like dislike Marquette. They make it so easy. They're the most <laughs> embarrassing organization ever. They celebrated. They did, like, a 20-minute celebration on camera after they beat Villanova in the middle of the year. And since then, they've been trash. Garbage. Garbage. Indiana. Indiana, they, yeah, they Indiana have a cut statue out. for Christian Watford. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. A regular season win. Like, you're Indiana. You're one of the seven best programs. In, I, I, from what I, beat, beat Kentucky, storm the court, man. That's all it takes. What, there's a popcorn box. There's literally a popcorn box cemented with the, awesome. the, the watch shot. That is awesome. But from what I heard the, yesterday, it sounded like they were going to like retire um, Colin Hartman's jersey. Yeah. Why? Because it. Fiance is good looking. <laughs> that good work, Colin. I'll, I'll give him that. But no, like those, this whole like it's his senior day and like that was that they were flipping out over Colin Hartman's senior day. They're, that was that situation where you blow your knee out and you go, you know what? I'm not going to make millions in the NBA and I'm not going to have groupies. But I'm, I got, might just lock this down now. Right, yeah. You lock it probably down. Probably just marry her. And now he's just going to be a coach. Right. Like, yeah, he's yeah, just going to be an assistant coach somewhere. Yeah, now. yeah. No question about that. We will see Colin Hartman in a gym near you two years from now, yeah, without yep, question. Yeah. And he'll eventually probably be a seven-figure head coach, and it'll all be right for, for him and the missus. Prototypical coach's son. But he got it. Yep, exactly. Fire Tom Crean, hire Colin Hartman. 
Build, put the billboard up right now. I called dibs. <laughs> I, I, I'd call dibs. I think people would jump behind that. <laughs> uh, but wait, where are we firing Tom Crean from by the time Colin Hartman's a coach like IUPUI? No, like right now. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> like after the Big Ten tournament exit to Minnesota. Bob, Bob Hartman could be player coach. Fifth-year yeah, exactly. senior player coach next year. That'd be a great storyline. Bob Knight got hired at Indiana when he was, what, 26, 28? Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was young, so you know, just go a little bit younger this time. Bob, I do want to get your touch on this for, for Xavier fans because they do feel the sky's falling. I get it. I mean, you're a fan. You see your team in a free fall. You don't know how the free fall is going to stop, when it's going to stop. Team's not going to make the tournament. And, and I know Rick's taking some flack for continuing to say they're in. And, and, and I'll, yeah. just, just for people do, from a national perspective, they're in. Yeah, they're in. I mean, I mean, you don't want this to get worse. But, right, right. Like, you don't want to be a, a, an 11 seed or a 10 seed. First but, four in Dayton. Right, yeah. right. But they're in. I mean, remember, the committee looks at the entire season. It's not the last month. It's right. not the last two months. It's literally from October, November until... March. So yeah. all those wins beforehand, they all still those, count. The Wake yeah. Forest win counts. So, like, but all those wins had Edmund Sumner. They, they still count, though. It's not like those wins just don't go away. Like, yeah. you still they, have a win. They'll, they'll factor in the injury, right. but it won't take it away. And, and again, this really has much less to do with Xavier. It's not about arguing, hey, Xavier's a good team that should be in the tournament. It's about... They're not going to be – their resume is never going to be no. worse than right. the, the last teams getting into the tournament, and that's just a matter no, of No, I mean, it, when, when you're still talking on Saturday that Clemson has a fighting chance, you were still – that was still a narrative yeah, that Clemson still a has joke. a fighting – I know, I, I, but, but it, was, it was a conversation. Is Pitt still in the mix too? <laughs> According to Lenardi, it was. Every ACC team is. Yeah. As long as you have a heartbeat and you're in the ACC, you've got a fighting chance. But, no, they were part of the conversation too, and you're thinking, right. okay, if they're even in the conversation, Xavier isn't even in the conversation yet to worry. Right. I mean, like, look, look at a team that's literally – as close to being on the bubble as possible. Wake Forest right. from the ACC. Who beat them? Xavier has the head-to-head. I mean, and when you stack up their resumes, Xavier's is better. Like, Xavier, they're going to be an 8 or 9 seed, depending what happens the rest of the way. They might be, a, if they go out and win the Big East tournament, who knows? Maybe they're a 6 seed. If they, if they flame out, they're going to be a 9 seed. Yeah. It's just what it, – they're in. Like, we, they're in. We, we went through some of the resumes last show, so I won't do that again. But just the first four out right now, if you're still that worried as a Xavier fan, this just is look at the morning. first four out. Vanderbilt, TCU, Wake Forest, Rhode Island. Go check the resumes. Xavier won't be worse than any no. of those four. Correct. No. No, not, really, not no matter even, what happens. Not even by a long shot. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, I'm not telling you to, like, schedule your work plans for Thursday and Friday, the first day of the tournament, if you're hoping to get a Xavier win because – I imagine they're probably going to lose that first game of the tournament. I, I mean, I guess the only fear would be this, and it would be the only fear, is if they do lose out, they do lose in the first game of the Big East, and then you have somebody else win Conference USA and Middle Tennessee still an at-large team. You have somebody else win the SEC. This year, that I was on the board. think that's a problem. Yeah. And it probably is. I'm just saying, if you, you had the worst-case scenario of weird stuff happening, all these, you, need, you would need a lot, yes. You need, like, the, you know. Houston to win the American. Houston to win the American. You need, like you said, someone besides Middle Tennessee State to win the Conference USA. Yeah. Conference USA. You need someone besides Wichita State or Illinois State to win the Missouri Valley. The Missouri Valley. And Wichita and, State still might not make it. If they I'm win them all out. in on Wichita State not being there. They're a 10 seed right middle. now. So. I, Wichita State's resume is garbage. It is awful. They do not deserve to no, be I don't want to hear – because even Ken Palm said, don't use my, don't use my numbers for right. bracketing purposes. For those that think the Cincinnati's scheduled poorly this year, Wichita. go look at Wichita State. Well, and not, they didn't actually schedule that poorly. It just – you know, like LSU was down this year. Oklahoma was but down this year. You don't, you don't schedule LSU and expect them to be anything with Johnny Jones as head coach. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, still – it's still... They're, they, they were a tournament team, you know, two out of the four years that he was there. So you're at least getting that, hey, we're beating the SEC yeah. tournament team. 
you know, and then Oklahoma, the rest, you couldn't have guessed a free Oklahoma, fall like this. No. Not line like this. No. no. But, and then, you know, and a lot of it's also, you know, two-year deals. And then they went out to what Atlantis, and they just didn't get wins there. Right. Like, they just didn't get a win. That's, that's what hurt them. They needed to beat Michigan State. Uh, and I think Louisville was another game down there. They needed one of those two wins. Right, right. Let's move on to, to Kentucky, which um, for, for a brief portion of yesterday, without De'Aaron Fox and the way that game started, looked like it was going to end in a, an absolute disaster. But Malik Monk came up as big as he's come up all year, and he seems like every game that they've needed him to come up big, he's come up just ridiculously big. I thought that one was really impressive, and really it had nothing to do with Malik Monk. I mean, we know what Malik Monk is. We've talked about that all year. He, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to do his thing at the end of games. Um, I like that they played through Bam enough, not as much as I would have liked, but enough. But the biggest key for me, Skinny, was the defense. Their ball screen defense was finally good. Yep. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, do, does De'Aaron Fox have a serious problem guarding ball screens? No, 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 no. I, I, I yeah, no. I, I, I don't, I, think, I don't think it's a him issue. I, well, yeah. I tell you what, though, he, if you go look at tape, he dies all the time when he gets screened. And yesterday, Dominique was fighting through everything. He's a football guy. through those screens. Which is good. Like, it gave them energy. It's, the way their guards were guarding ball screens mattered yesterday. Yeah, but it's also, you know, it's like Casey Hill. It, it, it's just, you know, Ford it's also is great, part of a great ball. No, Ford is a great ball screen offense. Yeah, but it's a great just, ball screen I just, offense. I just think Casey Hill's not good. Oh, I think so, him and Chios are both great players. See, I like Chios. I just think Casey Hill's just not a good player. But going back to Monk, what's, not, what's impressed me the most yesterday, he didn't force any shots. Like, his narrative coming in was he took bad shots. And that's because he played on a subpar high school team, and his AAU team didn't have a point guard. Yesterday, he got those buckets. How many were forced? It felt like maybe one, maybe two. And he got them in different ways. I mean, he attacked at times. Um, He's obviously going to make open shots when he's got open shots. But I thought he did – you're right. I thought he did a lot of different things offensively. Yeah, that's what I was the most impressed with is he – without Fox, because Fox has become their closer. Yeah, like late, late games, it's it's put him in oh, the pick yeah, and roll. Well, at, which at Georgia, you yeah. can't keep him in front. Yeah, because no. yeah. you get Bam rolling, you put Monk in the corner, pick your poison with one of those three. Yep. And it seems like they are at least trying to get Bam more touches. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and, it's, it, and even if it's not more opportunities for him, they're doing it more regularly to where he's more involved throughout yes, the game. Where it's right. not like, hey, he got five touches early and then we didn't go to him for sixty straight possessions. And I don't know if that energizes him more, but he was awful active on the offensive glass, and maybe that, maybe that does energize he's him on top that of that. Two games in a row, Missouri. Yeah, I think he had fifteen. Boards against Missouri, what, forty too. and thirty the last two games. It's pretty like good. That, yeah, um, I, but I ask you this, and again, there's just so much, so much that has to happen. Kentucky right now is a, is, a, is the number one three seed. If they win the SEC tournament and something has to happen on top of them, do they get in that back into the two seed line? I think there is an outside shot that they get into that two seed because they still do have that win over North Carolina, which is looking better and better each each game and. It's not one of those where... And so is know, Carolina, Carolina looking... And Carolina itself is looking better and better. That, that's what I mean. The, yeah. As North Carolina yeah, wins, right. that wind keeps getting better and better. It's, and it's not one of those wins where, hey, North Carolina didn't have Joel Berry. They, didn't have, they, had, the, they had the roster. Right. Kentucky had their roster. So between that, if they do win the SEC, they, you know, you're probably getting another win over Florida in the SEC tournament. Let's just assume... That's right, assume the finals. Yeah. yeah, or you're getting you know, maybe an Arkansas, Arkansas which is or probably, yeah. Alabama. You're getting... An, at least one more quality win, a, right. a bubble tournament team. Um, again, looking at a vacuum, and, well, is and, that and, enough? And, but and Baylor's on that two seed line right now, and just based on the way they're playing, sure, Baylor could, could easily, easily fall to right. a three. Right. If they lose to West Virginia, and then let's say they lose in the first round of the right. Big Twelve tournament, that's a that's a legit debate you have between SEC regular season title and and tournament title versus. Not with just that's going to be fifth, it's going to be fifth in their league. Yeah, yeah. and, I mean, and Cal, Cal is how Cal has timed this out well because last year was his whole big. 
yep. we get screwed every year in seeding and all that. So you got to think he's sort of like arguing with the ref, not because of that call, but so you hope you buy yourself a call later yep. on. That That's what Cal did last year. And this is where you, maybe yep. you get a call. You know, maybe I'm you get that two seed. 100% certain he's the reason they did that bracket reveal. Me too. Like I, I, that's strictly him he, being mafia's he's, John Calipari. He's the most in, his way into the. Right. Yeah. He's the most influential figure in college basketball, without question. He's yeah. He's I would the agree only that. person that will make than, than K. Yeah, that yeah. will make changes. I, I mean, think so. Coach K killed the old Big East by himself, so he's going to save Mark Fox's I mean, job. And okay. who else did he, who else did he okay. go off on? It was Mark Fox. He went off on Godfrey. Godfrey, yeah. yeah. Well, he's not going to save his job now. But no, <laughs> he'll get him back at ESPN. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or put him on his staff. Yeah. I don't know. He's got a. Antigua's available. He's got to come back. That's to the a staff. good point. That's right. That's a good point because he was a good soldier. Yeah. Oh, he, hasn't he been like sitting behind the bench at games and yeah, stuff? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Anti- Calipari loves. Him. Yeah, that, that's like, his that's, son, more or yeah, less. Yeah. yeah. And, hey, he's a great recruiter. I'm, yeah. Well, right. as yeah. a Kentucky fan, I'm more than happy that we Antigua have no idea how that didn't work out for none. Antigua. Like, none. Because he can get players in that conference. Is that conference right? He could recruit Florida. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. And he should have been able to recruit New York. Yeah, none of it really no, happened. No, nothing. It just didn't work out, which was weird. I thought he was when when he left for the South Florida job. A lot of my Kentucky friends and I were talking, and it was this is getting groomed for him to eventually yeah. replace Calipari. You know, and it started one, South Florida, one, right. take, go somewhere else, take another job, and then by the time he's at you know Big Twelve or Big Ten school. Calipari will be finishing up his rounds, and he just it bombed as bad as humanly possible, yeah. and I was yep. shocked. Well, I would say this: at least he wasn't the head coach at South Florida responsible for leaving two players behind in an airport. Yeah, right. your right. two best yeah. players. Give him that. Yeah. Give, your first, give your him first and third leading scorers. Yeah. Your two best players. The only thing I want to know is: were they sleeping somewhere where no one saw them? Were they right. not sleeping in the terminal itself for does, the, at the gate? Does it matter? Do you think Mick Cronin lets no. a plane leave before Jacob Absolutely Evans is not. accounted for? You you literally go, wait a minute, do we're you, missing two. You think Chris Mack lets them take no. off without Trayvon Blewett being aboard a flight? Because some assi- or some assistant is responsible for that that would lose their your ass. Your ops guy is that's his that's job. job. Yeah. Who cares about any of them? I'm telling you, your best player, head coach, always knows where the best player. That, that, always. That, that might have been the craziest story in a long time. <laughs> it's, oh, that's up there. They like, had that's way up there. Damn near had to do it on purpose. That's about as good as the St. Louis, St. Louis bus driver. <laughs> I mean, we've had two of the most bizarre stories. <laughs> St. Louis bus driver was a good one. That is legitimately the best. Right. And, and, I've, and I've a, ever heard. In a related story, St. Louis bus driver got hired as South Florida basketball ops. That's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. No, the best is they fa- they figured it out as they're taxiing away. Like, that's when they did their head count. Yeah. Where's Fred and Jim? I'm just picturing Home Alone. Like, they counted Somebody else by accident. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. And we got the guard and been like, oh, Kevin. They counted a manager. Right. Steve. Hey. Steve the manager. Yeah. Steve the manager. Yep, exactly. Uh, Mom was not too pleased. That was the best part. She uh, she was not good. Hey, I do got to give out the sh- a shout-out to Coach Cal. I, I got to give him some credit for this. My daughter was down at Kentucky yesterday um, doing some stuff. She's I don't want to know where she's, this is she going. Said, he just say shout-out to Coach Cal? Shout to Coach, no, no, shout-out to Coach Cal. This is from Holy last night. Cal, look at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, are you changing your tune on Coach Cal? No, but it was very nice oh. to do this. But this, this will tell you about my daughter and my wife. So my daughter was down there on a... On a uh, so Coach Cal was with your daughter and your p- wife last there's night. There's a picture yes. with Cal and his Cal daughter. and my daughter, yeah. It was, it's actually a nice picture from last night. But um, she was down there doing a, uh, an audition for some scholarship money because she wants to major in, in uh, theater. And uh, so she walks out, and we have two Shih Tzu dogs. And, and she, my, da- my youngest daughter says... Oh, look at that sheet. So isn't it cute? My wife says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, so we start walking up to, to the guy and not paying any attention to who it is. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, oh, my God, it's Coach Cal. He's out walking his two dogs. They actually started talking dogs with him. And he said, hey, you want a picture? And there it is. Picture came across my phone last night. So shout out to Coach Cal. Got to give the man some credit. 
that's your guy. He's my guy now. He likes frou-frou dogs like I do. So. If, if that would have been hugs, your wife and your daughter would have been down at the bar shortly <laughs> or, thereafter. Or worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the bar in his basement. It, well, yeah, exactly yeah. right. He's, he's got a nice one. No, he, uh, The one that Dana Holgerson sleeps in, I think, half the time. <laughs> I will say that that story just sums up the perfect marriage between Cal and Kentucky. No doubt. Yeah, like, oh, the, no there's doubt. not a better dude marriage. Dude out walking his dog after the right. big Florida game, and somebody walks up to see the dog. Well, what a picture. Hey, there, and there he is. I mean, he... He's he's the man. I got to give him credit for it. Yeah, like he literally probably had that timed out in his head. He's like, okay, the first gonna... sixty-five seconds I have to talk about Shih Tzu's. Yep. All right, we're to ninety seconds. Okay, yeah. now I ask for the selfie. We're moving Boom. on. Yep. It, yeah, like not... he just has it. No, she's... on to the next person. No, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I said she's literally. He scooped him up, walked back in more in the Coliseum, probably went to his office, and off he went for the night. Did she get us an interview with him on this podcast? I, no, she she did not. Um, Jesus. Come on. I I, I I told my daughter not to say how much I dislike him. So, <laughs> what team <laughs> is like your family didn't... on? They're big Kentucky folks, bigger than I am. I know that much. So. You would think they would want to get them on the podcast for us. I don't even think my daughter knows I do a podcast. So I agree with that. We've got Bobby. Her and everybody else in the tri-state area. That's a good call. We've got Bobby. We've had John Brannon. That's true. We've had we had Quentin Snyder's dad. dad. We're gonna get we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Levar Ball at some point. This is great radio. We are. We're gonna get him at some point. Um, all right, let's uh, let's touch on uh, on your favorite team, the NKU Norse. Let's do it. Which uh, you're got angry? A, got that big win over Valpo today. No Alec Peters, so that did matter. It does matter, but. Um, uh, the, the goofy part is when the day started, you're, you're hoping to get that win to maybe avoid playing Oakland in the conference tournament. As it turns out, you got that win, and you're still playing Oakland probably in the semifinals of the conference tournament, the team that you think they should avoid. Yeah, not ideal in terms of how they have to face Oakland. But that being said, I don't care because today was awesome. Like 21 wins, you beat the best team in your conference that's owned your conference well, for the last four years, the team that's recruiting on another level from everybody else in the conference over the last five, six years. I mean, I don't care who they had or didn't have. You win that game at home. You're NKU. It's a big deal, and it was just cool to well, see. Well, and for Cole Murray, who's was, was a senior, I mean, he came through this when it just get, went from the, went to the transition period, knowing he had no chance to play in an NCAA tournament or anything really for for a period of time. For him to to, to be a part of that too, I, I can guess for him that had to be a cool feeling to know where this came from to now. And he deserves a lot of credit because, quite honestly, last year I was hoping they would find a way to take get someone else to take his minutes. And like, he's been fantastic and, and he's down been the stretch. Awesome. Uh, offensively he's been unbelievable, which they knew he could always shoot. But he's been good enough defensively to be on the court all yeah. the time and made really a big, be, made a big block layup today. Yeah, really be a significant player for this team. And he's just had a tremendous senior year to see him go out like this and like you mentioned, go through all the rough patches along the way and the transition process. It's really cool to see him finish off his career like that. And the they, other thing is doing it on a Sunday. Because if that happens yesterday, it kind of gets, gets lost, lost. in the no shuffle. Absolutely. Today with only and, – and not a ton of great games today. Right. This is something that, you, that you'll hear talk about more on, like, the national level. Right. featured on SportsCenter Friday night. Because they put Friday, Sunday, we're like, that sucks. But at the same time, that's a great point by yeah. you. They got so much extra press because yeah. of it. Their highlights have been you'll on all it, day. No, you'll it's get it tonight, at, too, all at, night. At, yeah. half, at halftime of Louisville-Syracuse, they actually showed yeah. highlights, talked about the game. Actually, I think Clark Kellogg thought the game was over, thought that, that Valpo would have There's won, five but, seconds left, yeah. yeah. Uh, or NKU would won. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that's probably the first time I've seen nas- that on a national scale yeah. for them to get something along having those lines. It, having it on Sunday – in the earlier slate too, they'll be on. They'll be on Sports Center tonight because it's still Valpo. They'll talk about Alec Peters not being there, but it's still. Oh, by the way, there was a game. Northern yeah. Kentucky won. And that's awesome for them. And um, just so for those that know that the way it, it sounds like it shakes down is Oakland's the, Oakland's the one seed, Valpo's the two, Green Bay's the three, NKU's the four, Wright State's the five. So they'll play Wright State in the uh, in the quarterfinal round of the uh, the Horizon League tournament. 
then play the one seed likelihood um, uh, Oakland and then Val. I mean, they have a gauntlet that they would have to go through. Right. Horizon still uh, campus sites? No, no uh, Detroit. 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 Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Motor City Madness, baby. Yes, the D. Yes. Skinny loves the D. I love the D. It's my favorite. It's my favorite place. You, you really do, but some people got mad on my board. Right, about well, that. For those that are listening to that, let me just tell you when, when they I think you're an a hole. When, when I covered, <laughs> well, I am. When I covered the Bengals last year at Ford Field, it was a night game. It was a preseason game. The people that ran it said, "Listen, when you're when you go out, don't walk out in the streets. Wait for the shuttle to come to take you back to the parking lot." And the, the, the guy said, "I'm serious. Don't walk out in the street." I'm thinking, "We walked. We actually walked from where we were to here. It wasn't that bad." He said, "Doesn't matter. Not this time of day. It'll be one o'clock in the morning. Do not walk out in the streets." So we waited for the shuttle. Well, I mean, uh, here's the thread. I posted the podcast right there. You can see it. There's only one comment yep. from KYXU13. He comes back in with, "Wonder the last time." Skinny in quotes. I yep. guess I don't know if he's calling you fat or yep, what that means. <laughs> um, one of the last time Skinny was in Detroit, a hole. It'd be last. Uh, it'd be last summer, last August for Bengals Detroit Lions preseason, and game. he got two upvotes for it. So friend, well, <laughs> friend, <laughs> bud. Hey, he, he got two upvotes, man. That means something, yep. I guess. Yeah, that, that means people, something. People hate you, and. <laughs> That means I mean, you're doing a good job. I love being hated. I like, know you I want like every it. school to hate me. I know you like it. It doesn't. It, it doesn't affect me either way. The sun comes up the next day. For Tom me. Gamble is the likable one of you two. Think about that. That's a sad state of affairs because <laughs> he truly is an a hole. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, but NKU, even if they don't win that that tournament, I think they are going to play somewhere postseason. Yeah, they're, they're going to play somewhere. They won't get an NIT at large. No, Vegas sixteen. I love it. I love CBI. It. Vegas. I mean, after the NIT, they're right there. They're yeah. right in that next group. Yeah. They're just going to miss out on the NIT. I mean, at large. if if your parents and, and you're that coaching staff, would you not want to play in Vegas? Vegas, six, baby. Vegas sixteen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. Didn't Oakland play in the Vegas 16 last year? I think they did. I, I think, yeah. yeah. They might have won it. Cover it? I mean, if Just someone's sending me to cover it, yeah. <laughs> you know how this works. I go wherever I'm paid to go. You need a daily gambling stipend, though. I, I'm not a big gamble guy. Okay. When, when, when are we going to see NorseReport.com? Whenever it can make enough money to be worth doing. See, it. he sees you've already got the wheel spinning on it. No, I, no, I mean, I could have started that site years ago. The issue is I run nothing but niche sites. So I'm trying to get away from covering small niches where there's actually money involved. All right. That's, that's the plan. It's, I mean, he works for a huge national network. How much money is there involved? Yeah. <laughs> that's taking the fifth right there. <laughs> um, right, let's go back to some national stuff for just a moment. And um, you talked about Gonzaga losing on yeah. Saturday. And, and like I said, I, I literally went to bed when I think it was 37 21. I thought, I think I even went thinking, boy, they're better than I thought. You know, that, that's really one of the first halves I've gotten a chance to watch them play. They're better than I thought. Wake up and they end up losing to BYU. Um, it, it's funny. It, it is tenuous now for them to, to still stay on the one seed line. I mean, they, they pretty, I'm assuming unless some stuff happens behind them, they pretty much got to still win that league tournament. Don't they? Yeah, they probably have to win the league tournament, which is a little ridiculous to think about because her resume is pretty good. Like they have a neutral court wins over oh, Arizona, absolutely. Florida, and Iowa State, um, and then they beat Tennessee and Nashville. So it's like, all right, there's four quality yep. wins right there. Yep. Not a lot of teams have those. You know, when you look at like Virginia, they've kind of fallen off. They were one of those two seeds that were there for a while. Um, West Virginia, I mean, are they going to really make a run? I, the, I just don't know who ends up being the fourth one seed. Does it be? Do you, does the ACC get two? No, does the Pac-10 I champ mean, get one? Or does the Pac-12? Yeah. I mean, Pac-12, Pac-12 champ get one. I, I, but like Oregon, like their win, like their resumes, all three of their resumes. UCLA is a decent one because they have the Kentucky win at Rupp, but and the win at Arizona Oregon, at a conference. Oh, at a conference, Oregon yeah. didn't play anybody, yep. and they lost to Georgetown. 
I'm not high on Oregon, but like from what we're seeing based on where everyone else is seeding them, they're the closest probably right. to getting I mean, that one and seed. Here's the thing. I like Louisville probably out of that next, yeah. that two seed group. Louisville should get it. I think both of them are the Two of the five best teams in the country. I agree. But I don't think Oregon well, should I, be a one seed. I do not agree with your Oregon take. I agree with Louisville. I, do, oh, I, I am I way down Oregon's on Oregon. I think the fifth best team in the country. I'm way down on Oregon. Oh, I'm, Oregon and Gonzaga, I'm not high on. Those are the two teams that oh, I do I'm not like. I'm high on both of them. They're yeah. both in my top five. Yeah, I, I like Oregon Let's go. L- let's go top five. Right, top five teams in the country. Are you down to do that? Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to start? Yeah, I got uh, Carolina, Gonzaga, Louisville, Kansas, Oregon. Carolina, Gonzaga, Louisville, I definitely agree with. Kansas, I would probably have in there. Uh, I think I would go with, with Arizona, even though they lost last night. I, I, I really like that roster and the way it's constructed. Um, I'm a big Raleigh Alkins guy. I've always liked him a lot. Um, Kadeem Allen gives them a little something extra defensively, gives them a stopper. The, the marketing kid. He didn't have a great game last night, but he's He's fantastic. been struggling lately, which is a little concerning. Well, it's, it's, he's There's moving to the top the of the scouting report. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, beyond. teams are really, really doing what they can to make things a little bit more difficult for him. Um, but and and Alonzo Trier, I mean, that's a guy, Rick. I don't, I don't think you were out that summer. That Alonzo Trier just, yeah, I mean, he, he, but just he dominated the EYBL. Yeah. And you could tell that kid was going to get buckets at any level that he played at. At any, you know, it didn't matter. He was going to get. I mean, he was putting up twenty five points a game in the EYBL regularly. Um, the, I, I think I would go Arizona in that five spot, even though they lost last night. Uh, yeah, I'll go, I mean, I'll, I'll go Carolina Nova, and I, I want to bring up a Nova question here. You do your top five here: Carolina Nova, Kansas, Louisville, and I. I I'm going to go Arizona over Oregon. Uh, I, I, again, I, I know, I, I know, I know. Last night aside, well, but I was I was thinking more Oregon, but last night aside, and honestly. UCLA still scares you, even though they couldn't guard a fence post. Uh, well, they're starting that to defend a little bit That 3-2 zone is a little bit yeah. – that gives them a little something at least. What, UCLA? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, I talked about that today in a, a blog. I did just thoughts and reactions from last night. Thinking back at the game in L.A. where they just isolated whoever Bryce Hoffman was guarding right, right. and just said, go, your turn, yeah. go get two points. Right. Arizona didn't know how to break a 3-2 yesterday. They looked like a – a fifth grade team, yeah. like oh, what the heck's going on out there? I've never—they're supposed to guard me man to man. They panicked, do you, which is a little concerning. Do you think UCLA? Because earlier in the year, I just got to the point where I was like, they can't guard. Like e- even if they're physically capable of doing it, they've never cared enough this season to where like they're just going to be able to flip that switch. But watching them the other night against Arizona, I'm kind of like. Am, am I wrong? Like, are they going to get to the point where they know that's been their downfall all season, and they turn, they flip a switch, and all of a sudden? They're one of the three best teams in the country if they all of a sudden start defending. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll, they'll defend a little bit better. They'll throw in the 3-2. I think you'll see Alford just kind of junk up the defenses. Yeah. Like, well, I, he's got well, to hide, hide his kid. I mean, he's got to hide him. I wouldn't be surprised if they run a box and one at some point or triangle and two, like, like Bill Self does every time they play Kentucky. Like, mm-hmm. That would not shock me to see Alford throw that out there just saying, all right, we need to f- find something just to get, to get junky because we can't just match up 5-5. Five five. And a lot of it has to go with the injury to Prince Ali. Because Prince Ali can guard almost anybody in the country on the wing, so now you have to now you have to deal with you know Ball, Alford. I think Holiday could probably guard, but there's always going to be a mismatch, and it's and it's going right. to be on Alford. And then what do you do with like Leaf and right. Welsh? You know, on, on those you know when a big guy comes up the screen. So I think you'll see a lot more zone, especially in second half. That three two fits their personnel yeah. pretty well, actually. Yeah, because yeah. they have rim protection with the uh, the other freshman. What Ek? How you pronounce? It? I always butcher his last name. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's a guy that that can protect the rim. 
Leaf can protect a rim. Welsh can protect a rim. They, um, they've got size and athleticism. That's the right. other thing. That's like even when you're bad defensively, if you have that, you can usually find a way to be decent. Okay, well, when you have that type of offense, Lonzo's kind of pesky at the top of that thing. It was it's similar he's to long, how he was, long. was last he's year what, at that top of that one three one six five six six with yeah. long arm. I mean, he's, he's long yeah. and athletic. That is a good comparison. The way I mean, he's obviously more athletic and yeah. longer than JP, but similar in the way he plays it. He's he's much better in that role where it's like just cover an area and be disruptive right. and don't worry about your responsibilities as a defender. Don't worry See, about your lateral this, quickness. I've been saying this all year about Kentucky, and I think it can apply to to UCLA too with their 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 roster. I want to see them just run and trap, like press, run and trap. Just do something to stay engaged. Like for Kentucky, if you're running and trapping, Malik Monk, Monk is now more engaged on defense than if he's just playing half court man to man. Like throw out like a full court trap or a full court, you know, zone trap, man trap. You can mix it up, like, kind of like you see Louisville. And, do. and it's not like you're playing a possession game on either team. No. I mean, and and, and, and it fits what they they do well. Yeah, like, they all do better running. Yeah, yeah. They, you give up you give up five layups because you get beat in the trap, and maybe you get five to seven layups because you right. were able to get some live ball deflections. Or for UCLA, you're shooting threes with all yeah, right. and ball right. and well. I mean, and Leaf can step out and shoot. So yeah, I mean they're. Do they become one of the three best teams in the country? It wouldn't shock me, yeah, but I don't. You know, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden become be a, a juggernaut good defensively. defensive team. Yeah, I agree with you. But they have more. Can upside. they get to average? Is the question? Yeah, they have more upside again. Like early in the year, I thought, well, maybe maybe they're the best team in the country. Then they took a step back. You just can't beat good teams consistently. You defend like that. Yeah, you can't score 197. Right now, <laughs> we're getting back to, to that point where it's like, okay. They really scare me if yeah. if they're in your well, they're your winning region. games. When, seeing them win games in the 70s. So kind of more is what changes your opinion of exactly. exactly. That's exactly it. All right, so I would go North Carolina. In order, I would go North Carolina, Villanova, Kansas, and then I like Arizona and Kentucky to finish off my five. It's a, it's a, no, here's the other thing. is there's, I always look at tiers instead of, like, rankings. Yeah. Everyone that we've had, I've had in kind of my, my first tier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're about eight. How far does that, that, that tier go down? I think eight. Okay. I think eight. Um, and then the gap to tier two, you know, you can kind of – Play with the right, within the right. ones, yeah. So I think there's about eight tier one teams. I think my only, like the only kind of hot take or whatever, the only difference I have that people would probably not agree with is I have Oregon and Gonzaga down after like that top seven. Like I would yeah. go ahead and throw in Louisville in that mix and Florida in that mix before either of those teams to me. See, I would, I wouldn't do that. My hot take, I don't think Villanova as is right now, is one of the seven, eight. All right, now I'm going to stop you. That's because I want to get back to Villanova. What if Phil Booth comes back, and and what what does he decide to do? Phil Booth has been day-to-day since he got hurt, which is laugh-out-loud funny. I'm not as worried about Phil Booth as I am Daryl Reynolds. They just need some toughness That's why I don't have him in my top five at this point. But, but I mean, I assume he's going to be back. He's day-to-day with ribs, right? But but so is Phil Booth. (laughs) Phil Booth has been day-to-day all season. Yeah, no, I'm not expecting Phil Booth to come back. No, he's done. He's done from, from everything that I've heard is he's done for the year. Right. But Reynolds. they've been playing without him all year. Right. They've been so it's, really it's good. one of those things. They need Reynolds. Because they do. Without Reynolds, when Painter comes in, they just run zone. And you know they're just running zone when Painter's in. They're playing six guards right now. Yeah. Well, we saw it in the Xavier game. I mean, honestly, when they... Xavier bullied him inside. They absolutely. Yeah. She just, yeah. just killed him inside. Yeah, I was at that game, and I was yeah. sitting there just going, I mean... They've got nothing inside. Yeah. yeah. And you could see it. Like, the moment... You could almost see Wright's face, like, when he had to bring Painter in. It was just kind of like, ah, here we go. Let's just yeah. run two, three. <laughs> and they're still really tough and run their stuff and everything. Like, they're still going to be and they're just good. Efficient they're still tough out. But you're right. I agree. I don't think they're a team that can make run to the final four or maybe even yeah. the eight eight without without Daryl Reynolds. No, and it's one which of those, I never thought I would And say. the other thing is Hart's kind of taken a step back from where bit. it was a little bit. But a on the bit. flip side, Brunson has kind of picked up. And that goes with you know, I was talking to someone who who's from Nova and I was talking to him and 
the scouting report is obviously take away Hart. Take away Hart. And Hart just looks gassed because he's working for buckets now as opposed to the, to the earlier in the season right. where it was. Well, we still don't know who's kind of the best player out there. You have Jenkins who has just been back to fat freshman year Jenkins and hoisting threes, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. yeah. But Brunson is now able to kind of – they're spreading the floor because – I think he's their best player, talent-wise. I, yeah. I mean, I love Josh Hart. I, I think it's Josh Hart, I Josh Hart is their, their, their most productive player. I think in terms of talent, I think Brunson is their most talented guy. Yeah, I'm offensively, Brunson, Brunson. Brunson still just struggles against quick guards. Yeah, He's I mean, to bigger, defend them. Yeah. But That's he has no about. issue with scoring against bigger No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. on the defensive side. Hart can guard yeah. almost anybody. Well, and that's going to be Brunson's downfall no matter that's, what. I mean, he's yeah. never going to be a and good And you have defender. no help on the back end for him either. So Yeah, right. you don't have a rim protector. Right. Yeah. right. I still like them, though. I, I, yeah, I mean, too. They're, they're so damn consistent. They're, every game, they're going to give you a damn good effort. They yeah. never play poorly. Even when Butler beat them twice, they didn't play poorly They gave up an 18-0 run. That's all that Yeah, they had a little bad stretch, but they're really consistent. Yeah, I mean, they're in my tier one but they're probably the back end seven eight yeah mm-hmm. especially without Reynolds you know with Reynolds they're it's weird because in the regular season I, you know if you're looking at top 25 rankings which is my least favorite thing in the world they're probably you know I'd probably rank them third but when you're talking about for tournament. the tournament yeah yeah they're seven eight nine somewhere in that range yeah because there's some subjectivity to that too yeah. obviously yep it's it's in the eye of the beholder all right let's tell uh, you want to touch on mailbag stuff a couple couple questions let's do it we'll start it off uh, actually my- i have a question to start with before okay. we get in this Good. same thing off the fly i asked this today actually i was thinking about it because this goes with josh hart game on the line tie game you have one person to, to malik go monk. win you the game who do you who do you take taking that shot malik monk are we anyone any, in the country anyone in the country dylan, dylan brooks that's that's a pretty good one. That made a lot of both of those are really good ones. ones. I'm gonna say I don't I don't care. I still think Markel Fultz is the toughest dude to guard. Yeah. He can make plays for anyone on the court, and yeah. he's the best scorer in the country. So I'll take Markel Fultz. I know but, I know we haven't seen him in any of those situations right, right. this year. But, <laughs> Problem is he gets triple teamed. Yeah. And, well, he'll never be in a winning situation. No, he but, will not. Yeah, but no, I was actually because I thought about it. and I th- think my answer might be Brooks still. Really? Because he's and he's, he's done such it. a mismatch. He's done it. He's such a mismatch, and he can he can shoot the. I mean, we saw him against you say shoot from the outside. Cal and against Cal too, he hit it from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. but he's also big enough, and, and he we, we've seen him yam on fools this year, which I didn't know he could jump like that. Right. So it's like, oh, he's six seven, six eight, and a four is guarding him more often than not. Right. So I think you know, kind of looking at. And, at a whole, I think Brooks might be my answer to it. Oh, for the, me, it's Monk because he has no conscience. Yeah, he's yeah. none. I, I was thinking about it, watching the Wisconsin care. game. Cannon hit a three, and they, they said, well, under five minutes, he's whatever percentage. And, and, and then he bricked four in the last minute, 30. Yeah, yeah there's two n- wide open looks n- at that. But I mean, that's what made me think of it. So I, was, I wanted to bring that up tonight because yeah. uh, there's so many on. different options. I'm sure Xavier fans are thrilled, thrilled to hear that, that name brought <laughs> up in any <laughs> game situations. But um, but I don't I don't think Koenig's in the conversation. Is there another name that you have that you were like, Really close on that you would have Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Josh yeah. Hart's another one. Yeah, because the same type of thing. He's a guy that he's can winning. finish it. Yeah, you know, he can finish at the rim. I, I, I want a guy who can finish at the rim or shoot or shoot. Or and he's creative around the rim. Like he's not going to dunk on you, but he'll super hit a little flip shot or something like that. Great uh, body control and super crafty. Yeah. Yep. So you know, you look there. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. You know, Mark, Marcus Keene or uh, uh, Justin Robinson. If you're looking at a smaller schools and yeah. smaller guys, but. Are they going to finish? I mean, Marcus Keene's going to pull up from 35 feet and just try to shoot that way. Kennard's a good choice, I think, though. Yeah, but they were brutal. And John Gillen. I got a lot of John Gillen answers. But that's, I think, a lot of reasons he buys. (laughs) 
All right, you want to start this off here? All right, fire away, son. All right, this uh, Dan, who I do the Dane and Victory podcast with, wants to know, what are your go-to fast food items? And no, I don't need to hear about Skinner flushing his system with seven White Castles again. <laughs> oh, there's go-to fast food items? Yeah. Um, well, we got we got to clarify. Does does gas station yeah, does gas food station count as fast food? Sure. Oh, there's no, no question. Egg rolls. Speedway egg rolls with the sweet and sour sauce. Absolutely top-notch with a 40-ouncer. You can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. 40 ounce of do, what? No free advertising do, on the podcast. Do yourself, do yourself a favor. Just just the next time you pass the Speedway, stop in. The egg rolls, get yourself a 40. You'll have yourself a hell. You'll be living high on the hog. I'm, a a big 40. Night. I'm big doing night. it tonight. Big I'm night. doing it tonight. It's a hell of a Sunday. Got to have the sweet and sour sauce, though. All right. Whew. That's a tough call. Um, I think I kind of go back and forth, but uh, right now I would say a steak quesadilla Taco Bell. It's not a bad choice. That'll flush you out. Yeah. Real quick, too. <laughs> yes, it will. Give me the box combo from Raising Cane's. Oh. No slaw, extra toast, extra sauce. That's I'm, literally I, my order. I, that is I, my I, order from I, I do, yes, but I do love the slaw, so I, 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 I'll go with the slaw. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got to go extra now. toast. I don't I even, to- even if you like the no, slaw. No, I know. I, I to make it even toast. better, get salt and pour salt all over it. <laughs> I'm not a big, not a huge salt guy. Believe it. I'm or not. an Italian from from the East Coast. <laughs> oh, I, have, I, I have to. Like it comes with it. Fair enough. I think I would go with the uh, four out taco at uh, Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> Taco Bell's a can't go wrong item at the end of the night. It really, it's it's in the anything you get from there. Yeah. No. Literally, I don't anything from Taco Bell. Just. Yeah, some type of burrito with, with beans with, and nacho I, cheese of some sort. I was with a guy. This is almost impossible. I don't even think you could do this today. I don't think you could. This is a good 15, 20 years ago after a night of drinking. We went to Taco Bell, and I had a guy with me. Spent $10. Try that. Now it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, if you get, like, ki- like one of their new things. They like yeah. like, 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 five, I, I like a, a good cheesy gordita crunch. Yep. Those yeah, are, like, maybe. $3. Yep. Okay. I know Absolutely. for a fact because I just got two of them not too long ago. It's, like, six seventy nine for yeah. two there cheesy gordita crunches. So you could be in that And then you, get a, and then you get a How long, long ago was this? Yeah. I said 15, 10, 20 years ago. Quick. Well, they were doing, like, $0.79. Cent Top, absolutely. Yeah, no, the whole menu was $0.49. It really was. That's like I White Castles. I went and got two chicken sandwiches the other day. It's more expensive. $4. More expensive than it used to be. What the hell? You used to be able to get a slider for forty nine cents. Now it's like like buck. Good regular chicken sandwich. Somewhere. But again, you have to get seven. Six is too few. Eight is too many. Seven is the right number. Right. <laughs> I do. I do have one I want to get to real quick. Um, somebody asked if they were going to do anything at Fifth Third Arena on Thursday night. Oh, for the final home game. For the for final the, home yeah. game. A uh, little insider information here. I like it. They are going to have a ceremony taking down the national championship banners that they will. Put have a ceremony to, to put back up because um, I guess they're going to have to move them. They're turning, since they're bowling it out, that wall where all the banners are aren't <laughs> going to be there. Give fans a sledgehammer to go up to those corner <laughs> seats and just <laughs> beat the crap out of them. They're probably going to have to move them down to a more prominent spot where all the new fans that have forgot because they weren't born or hadn't lived and heard about it. Or I also heard out. today they did a uh, ceremony at Xavier honoring their Final Four team. Everybody showed up. See, I, this is cracking me up. I've lived in Cincinnati now for like seven years. And I, I think I tweeted it out during the cross country out, and I was just like, "This is like watching two six-year-olds fight." Oh, it is. It's, oh, we do this all the time. It's the sixties versus it. like none. It's like, well, no, Xavier made sweet sixteens in the two thousands, and Cincinnati replies with, "Yeah, when we made Final Four in the 60s. I'm like, "You're twenty three years old." <laughs> like, well, your grandfather maybe told you about this. He listened to it on radio. If he was it lucky. wasn't even the same sport, right? Like, right. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Um, if Xavier and UC happen to get far enough to play a one or two seed, whatever round that may be, what teams would they have the best chance against and what teams would be worst-case scenario? Seeds can still move a yes. lot, so 
out of the top eight or so teams is what he's asking for. I'll just give an answer of yes or all. So, I, so I've got a great one for UC right. that I think is a night. I think Villanova is the worst possible matchup for UC. Oh, yeah. Because Villanova will slow the game down, play in the half court. UC will try to out Villanova, Villanova, yeah. and get into a 60 possession game. You're never I, beating Villanova at that point. I, I would tell you this UC, if they had to play a one, and this is going to sound so ridiculously bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. Carolina would be one because I think they would at least have a fighting chance to keep them off I the glass. I disagree. A think, fighting chance. I think I don't think that. I think Kansas would probably be their best matchup. I, I would agree with because that. Because Kansas has the shortest – well, assuming Reynolds comes back, fine. Let's just say Reynolds comes for, back, for, fine yeah. for Nova. Because I, I think the same thing. They'll try to out Nova, Nova, Nova. and it'll look like the Purdue game. Nova, like the Nova-Purdue game from earlier this year, Nova won that. I think Nova beat Cincinnati the same way. Right. Kansas – can they Kansas guard Josh Jackson? Is that's a little. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Josh Jackson, Josh his Jackson. level of play right now has kind of changed that's, Kansas yeah. a little that's bit. That's why I still think they're a Final Four favorite. Is because Frank Mason might win National Player right. of the Year. And he's not but Josh Jackson. Close to the best player in the team. Yeah. So my team that I think, I think you'll like this one, the team that I think UC would pop is Louisville. If they got them, they've done it before. I mean, well, it, it's, it, it's Mick well, knows the system. Shut down Donovan yeah. Mitchell and, and Louisville is not tough. Allen Louisville away from home isn't quite as good offensively. Now, Grant, we're talking road versus neutral here, but away from home, they're not as good offensively either. So you're talking about playing them on a neutral. If it's a night where, where Donovan Mitchell doesn't make shots and and they can't get their stuff going, that that's actually not a bad. The only call. reason I don't like that is can Cincinnati take care of the ball for 40 minutes against Louisville? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's what they've been that, best that's, at. That's, yeah, that's all the thing. Year. Can they do it? Now, yeah. now, can they do it against Louisville? This now, that's how, a whole different. But thing. this isn't now, Louisville can, pressure can, that they've shown in years past. But like, can they score yeah. in the half court? Yeah, against that Louisville team, I think so. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. that. But what you hope is Louisville does pressure you, so they force you to speed the game up and score in transition. Yeah. Right. Because when UC starts scoring in transition, I think their offense is legitimately good. I'm taking Kyle Washington and Gary Clark over Anas Mahmood, Ray Spalding. That's why I think Jaylen Louisville Johnson. is very soft inside. I think UC could get them on the offensive glass. Yeah. And I just think I, I think oh, a lot see, of things. I'm go so up. bullish on Louisville. I just think I do too. I, I would I probably take Louisville sometimes. By, I, see, I would probably take Louisville by double digits on a neutral court over Cincinnati. I mean, I would probably take all these teams by double digits over UC or Xavier on a neutral court, but I think if there's a team that they would have the best chance well, of pulling up, and nobody knows Patino better than me. Like, that's yeah. a big reason why. That I just helps. think he's so. Dude, how many times? In it. Go that back helps. to the Big East. How many times was right. it Louisville should beat this Cincinnati team by 15, and Cincinnati won, or it was a when you, two point game? When your coaching staff is very confident in the coaching staff you're going against, that mat. Like I think yeah, that matters. Absolutely. Because Xavier has a few matchups like that where I always feel good about them playing and almost always works out well for Wednesday them. Night. Well, now here's a question kind of going along with this is <laughs> who are the other two seats right now? Like Talking about this question, we know the one seats. We'll, we'll say the one right, seats let, are let, Carolina. Let, let, let's do it as of right now today. Yeah, Carolina, uh, Kansas, Kansas, Nova, Nova, and then Gonzaga. Gonzaga with Louisville as one of the two seeds. Oregon, Baylor, Oregon, and Arizona. Arizona. Those are the, yeah, those are the top those, eight right now. Those are the bracket matrix top eight right now. <sighs> With Kentucky with the fighting chance to maybe move who, into that group. I think Kansas might be their best matchup. For who? For UC? Cincinnati. Okay. For Cincinnati, I think Kansas might be their best matchup. I was thinking maybe Arizona. Just because, again, it's kind of the similar thing where, I mean, can, can their bigs guard Washington and Clark? Because can Lori guard Washington and Clark? Yeah, Arizona would be interesting. Up. Yeah. Um, so on the Xavier side of things. I think for them, the team they'd want to face is Villanova. Yeah, because not they, because they can ever beat Villanova, but just because it's the one team you've played them. a bunch yeah. and you think like, hey, and you don't have they, to play them in the pavilion. They've already smacked us twice by the right. Big East tournament time, maybe three times. Who I don't know how that bracket's going to work out, but uh, 
that's the one team where it's like you probably feel best about I, them. I still would like to see how that game played out if Trayvon doesn't get hurt. That's what I'm saying. I you mean, were in I, that game. Yeah. You were in it. Yeah. You, yeah. you probably know. weren't going to win it, but you were in it. Yeah, and I think you would have stayed in it the whole way. Yeah, so I think you have enough confidence that, like, hey, we can play with these guys. We beat them last year on our court. It's that type of thing, right? There's, I think, there's the familiarity of we can beat them. I think Arizona and X would be interesting. Interesting, although I worry, like, Mark Hannon against Xavier. Sean will sweat through seven shirts if they play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It. Well, the, the interesting thing is going to be Xavier's probably going to be somewhere seven to ten, I would think. Yeah, so they could get they're going to get a one or a two. They're going to get a round. very quick, very yeah, quick yeah. second round. That's yeah. What, yeah. Um, we're allowed to call it second round now. Yeah, it's always it's always never changed. It's all our second rounds. I'm I'm all screwed up over here. Um, I, who do they not want to face? Like. Everyone on that list. (laughs) Everyone else. Definitely Carolina, I think, is the worst matchup. Same with Gonzaga, because Karnowski can just... They play through. They play through the post. Like, why, I, I went and broke yeah, down a couple Iowa Gonzaga plays. You would be funny because you wouldn't see. But him. here's the other thing: they'll post up Nigel Nigel Williams Goss. Yeah, and that's your point guard. Right. Who's? I mean, I'll say this: I think with Xavier's pack line system, like very rarely, and this team may be a little bit different. They've had some defensive issues that some of the other teams haven't. But very rarely does Xavier get beat by a go-to like back to the basket post player because the way they defend. But the Just thing because is, of the pack they, line. they pass what so well out of the post. Oh, no question. So now you're giving up three, you know. I, I agree with you, I but I just, I just don't think, I don't, I mean, again, none of those matchups work right. out well no. for Xavier. But yes, Gonzaga, I don't think, is the worst. I, I think Carolina is probably. Carolina is the worst by yeah. far. There have been, there have recently been some high-profile former pros that have said they think that the AAU circuit is ruining basketball, i.e. lack of Awful. proper fundamentals being taught, a me-first mentality, etc. Having been around the environment as long as Chad and you have, what are both of your thoughts on this? As a secondary question, what do you feel the coaching staff's mentality about this My is? generation's better than your generation. Well, and here's my problem That's with this. All it here's is. my problem with this. Okay, AAU's ruining basketball, right? It's the best. It's the best it's ever been. Yeah. There's nothing. It's not close. If you look at the NBA, the American talent in the NBA is unfreaking believable. One through like thirty. Well, here's the other funniest thing: is the Nike EYBL is the second best basketball in the world. Like probably second best, third best college or, or NBA, NBA college, college. It's third EYBL. Yeah, I mean it's so much better than high school basketball. It's not even funny. I don't know what people mean when they say this. Like, like, are there bad people out there? Are, is there an underbelly to the yeah, sport? Sure. Yeah, I, just like college basketball, just like high school basketball. Here's the thing. Kevin Garnett is obviously the one He's that one came of, out yeah. recently that said it. I, I tweeted this when it came out. The All-NBA second team when Kevin Garnett won MVP. Peja, Sam Cassell, Tracy McGrady, Ben Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal. Sure, AAU really ruined the NBA. <laughs> yeah, what's the all, the all, like, Steph is being pushed to a second team All-NBA guy now. James Harden hasn't made an All NBA. Like James Harden's apparently not one of the nine best guards in yeah. in basketball for, right now. For the record, I notice most of the people that say this aren't guys who are around AAU. They're guys who are busy with playing in the NBA yeah. right now. They haven't seen AAU in twenty years. Like it's a it's a lazy lazy narrative of just well, my generation's better because we valued high school ball. High school ball is still valued. Like I grew up in Pennsylvania. I, I still check in from time to time. My parents are still there. It's still valued. Ohio still valued like just not by college coaches, and you know right. why not? Because they can't evaluate. It's impossible. It a is. seven footer playing against a six foot kid, right. like you just can't do that. Right. The AAU is all that matters for the purposes of evaluating kids. And like again, are there issues? Are there times where they play too many games, and so there's not as much focus and energy? On it? Sure, but it's pick, it's like pickup basketball. Well, you're there to evaluate unless kids. you're in not- unless you're in the, the North Jersey, Central Jersey area for high school ball. 
or playing like Montverde DM, Academy. DMV, DMV, DMV Catholic DMV, League is unbelievable. Or out, out in California or Texas yeah. or Chicago. Basically, any that's, big city. That's Catholic where high school. League. That's the only th- place where high school matters. Right. That's the only place where high school matters, and that's just a fact because it's just the world we live in. Like AU ball, it is what high school ball was. It's not lazy. Like the coaches that coach high school, uh, that coach AU basketball, are really good coaches. Like they know the game. Probably better than most high school coaches. Well, I'll use Northern Kentucky as an example because three of us live there and we know the high school scene and all that. You don't have um, C.J. Frederick at Covenant Catholic getting offers and getting looks that he's getting if he didn't go play for Indiana Elite. No, one hundred percent true. He, he just not, Joe, or Jake Walter wasn't. It didn't get a Division One offer because he basically played junior varsity basketball last year at Covenant Catholic. He got it because he played in the summer for Indiana Elite. I had two kids on my AAU team that they got ranked in their class, at least in the state of Kentucky, one fourth and one thirteenth. They would have never known who those kids were. Now, granted, it's an early ranking; it's way. Way premature, right. but they're on somebody's radar now because of that. They wouldn't have been on a radar no. because they were playing at Beachwood grade school and playing at St. Agnes grade school. Is because they went and played AU. And I, my, my team, as you know, was not a Division One team. It's a Division Two team. But we went out in the state. People saw it. Somebody saw them and put them on a list. It, there is value to that. Rick, there really is. Good. And they make the choice to want to play. Good. Meet us. Meet us in Indianapolis. Whoever I'd rather them not. Well, no. But I'm saying go to Indianapolis that. during the, the the EYBL and watch Team Takeover. And watch Spice, and watch Team Fad. Most team importantly, Thad. where Chris Chioza came from, and watch um, Team Final. Go watch those teams play AAU basketball. If you think that's ruining the game, you're an idiot. Or you're don't just even gonna... do that. Just turn on ESPN when like Mocon Elite plays. Yeah. Or yeah. you're or... an idiot. Like CP3 or you know all those guys. Those or... kids from Team Takeover. Every one of them walks into a college program, and every one of them is ready day one. Yeah, well, and to the, compete. The funny thing is, the narrative is, well, it's AAU. No one plays defense. Like when you see highlight films from that, right? Well, then I get, a, then I put up a highlight film from high school. Basketball. They're not playing against W. There's no competition. It's just a bunch of short white dudes. It's like, well, so what? Do, what do you want right. high school kids to do? Not play the sport anymore? Just go like, play Kentucky, right? I don't Kentucky understand play in the what AAU the circuit. problem is. Like again, there are bad people in everything that happens in life. You know what happens if you take out AAU? High school becomes a cesspool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the same issues will be in high school. Well, here's the other part, too. is And high school coaches are terrible. You got guys coaching freshman teams that couldn't coach their way out of a wet paper bag. That's because yeah. it's the history can, teacher that, drop that the gets the free job. Should I drop the mic again? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag national championship. Yeah. That's yeah. all. I just want to drop yeah. the mic on him on that yeah. one. Roll damn Todd. Roll damn Todd. <laughs> um, no, the, the other part, too, is... Division <laughs> two. Dude, put your own team together. Go do it. That's all I can tell you. Yep. Put your own team together and go do it. L- what a hater. I know. What a hater. That's all I can ever you tell you. You go out anybody. and win national titles, and this dude wants to <laughs> on that. With the one of Kentucky kid. With the one of Kentucky part out. No, the other part. How many years ago, and this is granted, this was not in the one-and-done era. This was in the in the year, era of the four-year player. But how often was it when a kid came out of high school as a freshman, and the coach would tell you he's not ready to play, and he didn't play until he was a sophomore or a junior? These guys are coming in yeah. ready to play, and not just play, play at a high level and high-level programs, and go after one year to get a chance to go play in the NBA. Well, here's the other thing with AU is you're playing with talent that you would play with at college at that level. Most high schools, like I said, unless you're talking about those Jersey, Chicago, some of those metro areas. Yeah, yeah, you're playing – you know, you're playing with guys that are Division II, Division III or – Just finishing their high school career. Just finishing high school. AU, you're playing more often than not with all Division I players. Right. You don't don't get that at high school. You just don't get that. Playing with and against. Right, right. So, uh, uh, that's a good question, though. Which will happen first, the heat death of the universe or Xavier winning another college basketball game? Well, I, 
I think they beat Marquette or DePaul. So unless the heat death of the universe occurs in the next week, I'll go with Xavier winning a basketball game. All right. Uh, for you, what are the chances that technology one day allows us to thaw out Larry too and bring him back to life? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, that's that's above my pay grade. No, you guys, no, you gotta, here's what I need: just send a letter or something. You a GoPres Go guy? You a KFC guy? You Big Cat? Where are your alliances? So, Clem is my guy. Okay, Clem is who got me. Clem out. seems would, like the most lovable person on the planet. I call him my blogging dad. Like he, <laughs> he, uh, he call me your blogging yeah. dad. Like he got me. He got me into Barstool. Um, I was writing some other sites. He like I, we were following each other on Twitter. He's just like, hey, you should send this stuff to K Marco. You know, we don't have a college basketball guy so clem's my guy um i started reading the site through kfc so i guess i see i go i I'm, i've always i guess so kfc's my guy um I'm a, but I, I'm, like, I started I was, with jerry thornton and manzo yeah, yeah. and uh uncle buck i think yep. wake up with uncle buck is what brought me to barstool originally like 10 years ago so i'm a new york sports fan like my family's from jersey i was uh, born in jersey before i moved so i always kind of so met next guy nick's orioles <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Sorry. We're, we're good the last couple of years. Just pitch Zach Britton in the play in the wild card game. But um, so I yeah so I got in through New York just kind of reading the New York stuff. My brother played football at Maine. Okay. Right after I graduated college, that would have been '09 when it was just kind of starting up, and he's the one that the found, guy. obviously being up at Maine today. You should just read this stuff. So that's kind of how I got into it. You ever you get to go to the office at all? I haven't. I live out here. I live in Mason. So, Rick, Rick was thinking. Rick's going to to New York City. We were thinking. Can I just tell him I'm your intern and just like show up? I don't think they keep real close tabs I on think that you office. You could probably just show up regardless. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. <laughs> like, I just want to see like on I'd the like rundown one day. I just want to see you like sitting there, and they'll be like, "What the hell are you doing?" And you're like, "I'm Rick's. I'm, I'm probably Rick's, just I'm Rick's intern. You're some other intern. Be like Melvin Waples in office space. I'm Rick's man. intern. Yeah. All right. Covering the Big East tournament for him. Obviously, the coaching carousel is already spinning, and if this offseason is like the last four or five, both Cronin and Mack will have their names thrown around for various jobs. Hypothetically, if one or both were to take positions elsewhere, who do you see being on the short list for respective replacements? That's a tough call with Cincinnati because Mike Bone's kind of a wild. Like, he doesn't have a, a traditional history of hiring guys. He's kind of gone turn left when you would think he would turn right in his past. So... I, I don't know exactly where Cincinnati would go with that. I, I wouldn't think it would be Larry Davis. He's 60, 61 now. I mean, yeah, I, you don't want you don't want to do that, yeah, that especially if you're trying to. You'll get that used against you badly. Trend, yeah. You know, if you I mean, wanted, not to mention the fact that he hasn't gotten a job anywhere. I mean, he's had low level jobs, right. but he hasn't gotten a UC caliber job anywhere else. Right. You around have the contacts he does. You should have been offered something if that was your Yeah, he's just comfortable here, and he's not going to, you know, like the NKU job was half the salary he was making at UC, so he just didn't make a run for it. So, um, man, I don't – so this is where it's interesting because Cincinnati is in that kind of weird land where it's not a – Major job. I, mean, it, it's no, a, I should say that's not a major, major conference job. job. Yeah, it's not, not a major, major conference yeah. job. But they're still paying but it's a, two, it's two it's and a half million. But it's a good enough job that you're not going to pull someone from one of the other six no. conferences. So you have to go lower, which is kind of where you're getting the weird scenario of, you know, like because for Xavier, I think I know who. It's got to be Travis Steele. I mean, one, almost sense. 100% has to be Travis Steele. If not, Pat Kelsey it, will get an interview. That's who I was thinking. He'll get Kelsey. an interview. That's um, what I was thinking was Kelsey. If they if they do not choose Travis Steele, right. assuming he's still in position, I'd be 
stunned. Yeah. So I was trying to think of a, a Kelsey type for Cincinnati, and I just and there's can't not think one of any that makes sense. There's yeah. not Eric, a national Eric, name. Eric, is Eric it Martin, Todd Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Eric Martin's on Hugs' staff, but he's not close to ready for something like this. Is he? John Brandon. John Brandon. I mean, yeah. John Brandon. He's recruited it. At, I mean, he's, he's been in. It he's be, got southern ties, which would make a little more sense in the AAC yeah. with it some would of the schools. Be fantastic news for me. I'm all for it. John Brandon. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Is I like think that's not a crazy name. No, it's I don't not, think it's it not. is either. It's not. The guy's coached at the highest level. I mean, he was the number one assistant at Alabama. He, he's been in the SEC. Yeah. He's got contacts all over the country. He's from. The Billy Donovan tree, which is real close to the Rick Pitino tree. He's now proven it in, 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 as a head coach in a mid-major um, and, and done quite well in a very short period of time with a chance to maybe do even more. Uh, so, And that's just where I think the Cincinnati job's weird because it's – You're right. You know, a couple years ago you probably could have said Archie and someone like that would have made sense. But now that it's – he's the name of – That probably yeah, never would have happened. But, but I'm just saying you could, know, you could yeah. have said something like that now. But uh, nowadays it's like – Danny? Uh, does he leave Rhode Island for UC? Yeah. Do you want him to leave Rhode Island for UC? <laughs> that's a fair point. Another one he does. Professionally, that's, that's very good for me. Um, right, but I'm just thinking. This is all about what's good for me. Yeah, oh, trust <laughs> me. I'm strictly in what benefits me first and then everyone else. What's well, really good but for me? I, I, it, for, if you're a Cincinnati I mean, fan, do you get the, the problem with the, the problem with Danny is it's really hard to judge what he's done because they've dealt with so many injuries. Yeah, but. This year, I would say yeah. they're one of the most disappointing. Disappoint. They lost their point guard for the starting point guard for ten games. Hassan Martin was out for and, and seven they, or eight and, games, and, and they also have a chance to be in the tournament. And, and they're right there on the daylights cost. out of somebody. I, just, I still think they're. I lean to them being disappointing this year. I, I, oh, I had them as. I thought they were top. I thought they were 15, top twenty yeah, team I in the country. They're top twenty. They, team. they definitely have not lived up right. to expectations. But you know, injuries have been a huge it part has. of what he's it had has. to deal but, with. I mean, you're a top twenty team in the A10. I don't care who gets injured. I've seen what the A10 looks like, and it's not as good as it used to be. You so. You're starting one, and you're starting five for extended periods. You're not well, going to be as good. Seven games for the five. You know, you see, could get on another year on the rebound. Shaka Smart, one more year on the rebound, the bounce back. I, I've not. I don't a big know fan. about that, but I, I say this. I think he works in the AAC. I don't yeah. think he works in the Big 12. I think he works in the AAC. I agree the with thing that. about Cincinnati is they just don't have a point guard this year, Texas. If they had a point guard, they're set because Jared Allen you can run havoc with. I, I love Jared Allen. Yes, but um, I think UC is in a, a actually a question, by the way. favorable spot for attracting people because at this point, I know it sucks that they're in the American from most but, people's but, perspective, but you're, but you're always going to win. Every year's you're the thing. always going to win. You've got a great roster right now. You're just not getting a big name. And that's the thing no. that, that fans won't understand is you're not getting. That big but name. Like, I mean, no, when, but no when one Huggins is at left, that it was Mick Cronin and, and, yeah. and I'm, Carl I'm trying Hobbs. to talk to like the the, the, the dumbed fans. down yeah, fans no of, question. of the ones that. Well, why didn't we get? Why didn't we get this name? And it's like, well, you're not. That's not who you are. Like it's just. The, just look just around the AAC. It's a it's a it's a hodgepodge of huh? Yeah, just go get it first. Just Mike Dunleavy, Mike Dunleavy, Tubby Smith, Johnny Dawkins. And and for the record, that's the Tommy Tuberville hire. You don't want to hire a big name who's a retread. You want to hire the up-and-comer who wants to pass you up. You want the guy who wants to work his ass off to be better than your level and to take you to a new level and get a better job. You want the guy that that can end up at 
a Duke, Arizona, a right, yeah, right. Like That is how Xavier has done what they've done over the yep. last couple decades is by hiring that type of guy yep. time and time again. But they've hired him from their own bench. Like, right. Is, Darren, and, and is Darren Savino that guy? Maybe maybe not, but I'm still saying you don't want the big name no. that isn't, uh, no, isn't I'm doing with you well on somewhere that. else. I'm, not, I'm, I'm with you on that Regardless completely. of whether it's I'm from your you own bench that. or not. Here's the thing. Going along with this, what's the biggest job that opens up this offseason? Indiana. Do you think it is? I think Indiana's opening up, and I think that's the biggest job. I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if people agree if Indiana's the best job, but I think it's definitely opening up. I think it is, too. Um, Ohio State, just they had it up. I don't think that's That's, opening up. To me, that's the most interesting one to watch. Uh, His comments and things I've heard recently make me think he's not hanging up this year. Not necessarily, but from what I understand, I don't think his intentions are to hang it up now. And I don't know that they are even in the next couple of years, like everyone seemed to think. So it's just it's weird up there now. That's that's to me one just to kind of watch, just because it's. I think the last two last off season now this off season just been abnormal, and for Ohio State. And what makes it and more my. interesting is the fact that Archie is the easy choice to make for there. But the problem is, if it doesn't open this year, he may take a job this right, year. Correct. Right. And the other thing is, how does Mata leave Ohio State? Like on his own terms or if not on his own terms? If he gets stabbed in the back by Ohio State, might feel better for him. Would Archie like? Might Archie him. Archie thinks Ohio State is the best job in the Big Ten. He loves the idea of I coaching think they at might Ohio be the State. Best. I see. I don't like. I still from a coaching job. Like I think Texas is one of the five best coaching coaching jobs. Me too. In the but world. I think Texas is better but than think, Ohio State. See, I, I think Ohio State is probably top ten. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good job. I definitely see why he likes it. I don't I, think I, I put it number one in, in the Big Ten, and that I just don't think Ohio is is that's, consistent enough with its talent base. It, to, the, to fun. That's why Indi- that's why Indi- he's down right now. Yeah. Ohio's been in the tank for four years, but since, you, but since you that Kraft Sullinger, but there's job security, there's resources. Yeah, I just don't know that there's you can talent. Go over, but to me, Ohio's down. You can go recruit Indianapolis, but you can't because IU should get who. It, Cream should. doesn't. Cream doesn't. That's, that's but, why Indiana. Indiana's the not, best job yeah. in the conference because that's Indiana alone Indiana has probably. four or five unbelievable five-star type talents. The only difference enough. being Indiana, the pressure is a lot that's, more. I'm, I'm trying to think from just Ohio a coaching State. standpoint. Yeah. You know, you have a little more security at Ohio State than you do at would, at Indiana. That's would one, Chris Mack take Indiana? Of course, I, th- I think he would. Uh, yeah, I mean, would I, Indiana come after Chris Mack? I think Chris I think Mack will be their top one of their top three realistic choices because, like, obviously everyone's going to say Brad Stevens and 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 Billy Donovan and someone else, but those guys aren't even going to take their call realistically. Um, so when they get into like the real names that they're not going to just throw out there to appease their fan base, it's Archie, it's Archie, it's, it's Chris Mack, and I don't think it's going to be um, Wichita. Um, Greg, Greg Marshall. Marshall. I, think I don't Greg think Marshall's it's going to be Greg Marshall. Fit there actually. See, yeah. I think he's the worst because you know he's very much like Crean. He's a total jerk. Yeah. He's very Type A. I just he's think very he weird. Fits Indiana though, like Indiana, I think he just kind of. Fits. See, I think Indiana needs a Cal type. I think you need a guy who's willing to be the face of the program, who's willing to go out and kiss babies, to, who's willing to buy into the dumb fan narratives and right. explain to you yeah, why you're you that. Yeah, like like. Crean is just like, you guys are idiots. I don't have to explain this to you. Cal goes out and he's like, man, you guys are right. We do need to take better care of the ball or whatever. And comes up with some goofy saying to make it a thing. And, like, people love that. And you have to get the fans on your side at those two jobs. Who do you think takes NC State? Because that's the one, obviously. I think Kevin Keats is who who they should hire. That's what my pick is. Who I think they should really make a play after, though. And you guys might think I'm crazy on this. Is Fred Hoiberg. I mean, I just don't think Fred Hoiberg would ever go to NC State. That's... 
Does he, I mean, the thing is, does he want to stay in Chicago? Well, because well, like, it's so dysfunctional, and it could have gotten more right, dysfunctional if they right. traded Jimmy Butler, and they didn't. But I it, don't it's think he's functional. I don't think he does, but I don't think NC State's the job you take to leave Chicago. The only reason I think that is because of how well he does with the transfer market. For NC that's State, that's not to throw, him. You don't think that's him? That wasn't him. No, it's Matt Abdomasi. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 trust me, I've talk, I, I'm close with Matt. Matt. Is he still up at St. John's? Yes. Yeah. Matt literally has the transfer market in 2019 already mapped out. <laughs> that's awesome. To like an 80% probability on who it's going to like. Because that, that's what made Iowa State so good. So they, they, they Matt right. Abdomasi. And that's what I'm just thinking NC State. You need someone that can do something Well, like you need that. somebody that can, you're not that out can, that can work, co- work, work deals with players because mm-hmm. Dennis Smith was not cheap. No. I mean – that's what they do there. We're about to get sued on our yeah, podcast. Exactly. Like Brendel just gets reckless sometimes. <laughs> good question. I like it. It is. It's a really good question. Because I, I really with UC, I don't know. I, it's, I don't... Just, it's a weird year for the the coaching search. Yeah. Because I was looking at it from – I was doing something with Illinois, and I was looking at what coaches moved the year before, the year of, and the year after they hired Gross. And it's – the year they hired him, it was just a – there, there was a, it was an average market, but the year prior and the year after, that was the year that was like, I kind of wish that's when it happened. Yeah. So and, 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 and that's and, just how I feel this year is kind of in one of those valleys where next year will be a peak. Yeah, good question. Anything else on the, on the, on the uh, question and answer? Yeah, I think I, I might have missed something on Twitter, but it's too hard to go back in the mentions and find them. So if there was anything good, sorry. Um, but <laughs> to, to wrap it up on the, the questions, um, Furious X from the message board once he says, I think it would be fun to hear a story each from Rick and Chad about something the public doesn't know about a former player or coach. Nothing to incriminate anyone or get them in trouble, but just something that might be funny or interesting. Caveat, Brendel's story has to be about Huggins, but I also followed up and said you didn't cover Huggins. Right, I, so I started right after Bob left. Right, so I figured that probably wouldn't. So I mentioned that and told him that. Um, do you have one that comes to mind? Um, I can tell a practice story real quick that I think it was kind of funny. If you want, from, from the Xavier perspective. You want to do that, or you want me to tell my story about the time Mick almost died as soon as he got cleared to go back on the road for... Uh... Well, there you go. We both have to tell one, so you go first if you okay. got one. Um, he, was, he was flying private to... Uh, they had a plane for the weekend. It was one of those where there were events in, like, New Orleans, Dallas, and somewhere else. So they're flying from New Orleans to Dallas, and all of a sudden the air pressure stops dropping. And this this is... He gets done with his, his with his arterial dissection. Yep. Oh, that was Boo, Boo Williams, wasn't it? We were in Virginia when that happened, I think. Yeah, we were. Yeah, so that was one of the spots. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he he had just gotten cleared to fly. Literally, like this is the first flight he's been on since all of the stuff happened. And all of a sudden, they're at like you know thirty thousand feet, and the air pressure start like ding. Well, they hear it like a loud kunk kunk kunk. You don't ever want to be on a plane and hear conk, conk, no, no. and the air pressure ding. starts dropping, and it's, it's him and Coach Savino, and they look up, and you're, obviously you're in this little private, you know, 10-seat plane. You look up in the, the, the cockpit, and the pilots are putting on the uh, Top Gun masks, <laughs> and they've got the TV on that's showing the altitude and the flight track, 29, 28, 27, 1,500 Thirteen hundred. They got to like there. They got to like ten thousand square or ten thousand altitude of ten thousand feet, and finally whatever it was kicked back in and it fixed itself. 
and they made it to Dallas. Whew. And literally, his first his first time on the road after coming back from an arterial dissection, he he almost died. Like he said, it was to the point he had his phone out with an "I love you" text to Sammy. Wow. And Darren, Darren Savino was so shook, he didn't fly home on the charter. And he had to go by Kmart and get some underwear. So. <laughs> he literally, no, I'm not getting that's back like, on that that's plane. Like the butler. I'm, butler no, it was, it was the exact yeah. same problem. It was the exact same problem the butler plane yeah. had. And and Savino just booked himself a flight out of Dallas and said, I'll see you boys I, back in I'd have, booked, I'd have booked a Greyhound or something <laughs> else, man. <laughs> so that's, that's, I don't know how funny, but I think it's a fairly interesting story. Yeah, interesting yeah, story. No, that stuff. was a pretty wild uh, call. How about you? Um I would so everyone I think knows that I was a big fan of the two Holloway Mark Lyons era at Xavier, and that was Zip m- up. mostly because of the fact that like every day when you walked into practice you just didn't know what to expect. They weren't necessarily well, literally anything. I mean, some days they'd be the greatest practice team in the world, and those dudes would be going so hard, and everyone else would level up to that other times it'd be like worst practice players in the world kind of being selfish not really want to practice talking back a lot they were just different guys volatile guys they could be one way or the other from day to day and you never knew because they were the leaders of the team so one day two's having a really bad practice and just not being a very good teammate or uh a coachable player and chris mack tells him to kindly leave practice after punted a ball up into the Second section. Move. Wait, a coach would do that? I, I don't know. I've heard it happens occasionally. What um, and so, so then Chris Mack is like, oh, wait, that's our best player. Let me go get him and make sure he doesn't actually just go back to New York or something because it's too Holloway. And uh, so he leaves. And Isaiah Fillmore is on the team at the time. and he, So they're running now because, you know, they've gotten yelled at and everything. They're on the baseline. Isaiah Fillmore tries to get everyone trying to be a leader, be a good guy. Come on, guys, let's go. Just play ball. No more talking. No, Because it was what the problem was they were arguing. Him and Mark were arguing about calls during a drill. Which, right. There aren't refs. It's just coach assistant want, coaches and, and, and grand want, assistants and, calling down. And, and they want you to bang against each other anyway. Right, exactly. So they're specifically not calling things. So Isaiah tries to get them going, and Mark turns and kindly tells him to shut his mouth and a few other words. Um, and so they kind of face each other. Isaiah wants no problems. He's just like, look, we're, like, we're on the same team. Like, Let's just get it together. And then they start talking back and forth and kind of cussing at each other. Teammates separate them. And Mark tells Isaiah that he would smack the moose out of his head, which I thought was a very funny <laughs> insult. And, uh, and then, like, everyone gets him kind of separated and says, no, we're good, we're good. Mark turns around, walks, like, three steps the other way. Isaiah starts to walk away. As soon as everybody, like, says, okay, we're good and quits holding him back. They turn back around. Mark turns right back around, runs up, and just socks Isaiah right in the eye. I mean, just pops him. Isaiah wants no problems. We get back to practicing. Mac comes back in. Two's not with him, but he comes back in like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Later, Anarchy's goes, taking place. He goes, what What happened to Isaiah's eye? Because it's like <laughs> swelling up and all black underneath of it. And they just, you don't want to know. And they just kept practicing. I love it. There you go. And next day, it was like nothing happened. Good stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a quick hugging story. Okay. I'll have to edit it because I, but I've told this to many people who've heard this story before. Is this about a Hall of Fame? Yeah. It's my favorite hugging story of all time. So Melvin Levitt drops a class. He's at 12 credit hours. He drops a class. To go to nine? To go to nine. So he's not a full-time, he's not a full-time student, student anymore, yeah. and yeah. he's not allowed to play basketball Yeah, that's anymore. not going to work. So at the time, they were practicing in the Armory Fieldhouse, and in the Armory, they've got, like, pictures of all the old um, UC greats, right. Bonham and, and Oscar. When and, UC was great. Right. When they hung national championship Correct. banners. Correct. When there was no TV. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Melvin is busy all day. He misses, like, three-fourths of practice that day trying to, to get this mess that he created 
figured out. He's in with the, the counselor or whatever. And he walks back into practice and Hugs stops practice. And he said, Melvin, you are the dumbest MFR I've ever, ever met. And look around. This is the dumb MFR Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's beautiful. And if you looked around, it probably was. Yeah, he might not have been wrong. <laughs> this is the dumb MFR Hall of Fame. Oh, it's good stuff. Amazing hugging story right there. Bobby, we appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, hopefully, thanks we can for having me. Get you get you back on maybe next year and uh, do this a couple more times. He's about to sue us for workers' comp. Oh, considering we kept him for ninety minutes. I know. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I live here, so it's fine. We there appreciate it very much. All right, we'll be back on uh, on Thursday with another podcast as we get closer and closer to tournament time, especially conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time. Thanks for being with us, and we'll be back again with another college basketball podcast. Mm-hmm.